called this sermon, Enough is Enough. Shout out to the creative team for putting all this together. Creative team, are you here? The four of you. I know there's more of you. But here's the thing about the creative team. They like being behind the camera, if you know what I mean. Amen. Enough is enough. Somebody say enough is enough. You see, once I say that, you're already thinking about what I'm about to preach about. What am I talking about? I'm talking about sin tonight. I'm talking about sin, the S word. I'm talking about sin. And here's the thing, enough is enough. Enough is enough. You know what's the big elephant in the room of your relationship with God? There's a huge elephant. And the elephant's name is sin. It's a huge elephant in the room. And some of you guys are stepping into a relationship with God, and you're trying to ignore the elephant. You probably walk away from church before you even confront the issue. But come on, stick along long, long enough to see what's really going on here. There's an elephant in the room of your relationship with God, and it's called sin. And my question here is tonight, tonight I want to help you look at sin differently. Tonight, if you allow the Holy Spirit to, he can change the way you see your everything, everything. He can just change it tonight. You guys ready for the word tonight? I want to pray one more time. Come on, because there's still some yokes the Holy Spirit needs to break. Come on, I, I, there's no ends to God, but sometimes there's an end to us. So if we could just open up. Come on, every head bow, every eye closed, just in reverence. Come on. God, move in this place. Say, God, move in me. Speak to me. Speak to me. Speak to me. Speak to me. Tonight is not a night for fun and games. We have fun and, and we could play some games. But the Holy Spirit needs to speak to you tonight. If you leave it anything else, leave it the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit in your heart. Not to, 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 to only correct you, but convict you and lead you to a better life. Holy Spirit, we know you're here. You've been with us since the beginning. It's time to do your work, do your job. Speak to everyone in the room. God, do something amazing tonight in someone's life. We pray salvation in this house tonight. That people will hear the message of the gospel and, and turn to repentance. We pray that tonight. Come on, all God's people said. All God's people said. Amen, amen. amen. There's an elephant in the room. And it's called sin. And here's your question, right? How do I approach it? How do I approach it? I got this relationship with God. It's me and the homie Big G. Come on. And Jesus Christ, right? Me and JC in the place to be. I'm rapping tonight. Me and JC in the place to be. Woohoo! Yeah, you already know. And you're trying to ignore the fact that there's some sin in your life. See, the sin could contaminate your relationship with God. Did you know that? Sin doesn't only contaminate your relationship with God, it contaminates your heart for God. If you sin long enough, your heart will grow cold to God. The verses that used to hit you don't hit you no more. The worship songs, they used to be the ones, you know what I'm saying, the ones. Like they threw it, I'm in tears in the intro. Anybody else? <laughs> for me, that's like heart of God. When we do that song, I'm just like. It doesn't happen anymore because you got so much sin. You're clouding your spirit. You're clouding your ears. God's yelling, but you're closing your... Sin damages your relationship with God. It affects it. And if you don't approach it, and if you don't know the truth about it, you will walk into a cliff and think you're flying when you're actually falling. The elephant in the room with your relationship with God sometimes is sin. And here's the question. How do I approach it? How do I approach it? How do I talk about it? That's kind of weird. How do I... How do I even talk to God about my sin? How do I talk to people about my sin? This is kind of weird. I've never done this before. It's good questions. We're going to solve them tonight. Amen? Yeah. Got a lot of notes. But, 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 Pastor, I really like my sin. Before we confront the thing, are you feeding the thing? You got to really want to change. You know what I'm saying? 
You got to really want holiness. You got to really want to be righteous. You got to say, God, enough is enough. <laughs> Come on, somebody say, enough is enough. Can you say it with your chest like you believe in that in 2019? Enough is enough. And you're saying, but it makes me feel good. But, 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 but I really like it. And, and you'll start to notice your reason to sin is yourself. The elephant in the room, the root of that elephant is yourself. It's you. I do it because I feel good. I do it because I like it. I do it because I do it because cause, cause, cause of me. I'm leading my own self. If you really looked at sin, missing the mark, failing God, it, everything has to do with you and your self-interest. And, and, and what you want and what you want to do, right? That's why those who, who, who really don't walk to God are the ones that follow their own way. Stubborn, prideful people where grace can't hit you because you're too proud for grace. Anybody here tonight? And I love the way James, in the book of James, in the Bible, I love the way he kind of merges these worlds of being selfish and being sinful. Of having a sin issue and connecting it to yourself. And if we're going to be people that are saying enough is enough, we got to find the root. Amen? We got to find the root of it. We got to find the center of the center. What's the reason I'm doing it? What's the motive I'm doing it behind? And tonight we're going to crack myths tonight. Come on, somebody. Come on, you guys with me? The book of James, chapter 4. Write these down in your Bible and in your notes so you can remember to come back to it later. We're reading chapter 4, verses 2 all the way to 10. I'm reading the message translation by Eugene Peterson. Uh, he, he, he translates the Bible in such a real and raw way for me and you to understand it. So we don't have a Bible. Go ahead, look up to the screens. We're going to read this together. Man, this is, again, this is James merging those two worlds of selfishness, of all be, just being about me, 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 and then sin. And if we're going to be people that are righteous, that are holy, that are, are holy in the sight of God, we got to run from ourselves and run to God. Stop leading our own lives and allow God to lead our life. So it says in James chapter 4, verses 2 to 10, it says, you wouldn't think of just asking God for it, would you? These are people, people who, who feel like they need to take something. They need to go get something. Go-getters, takers. And James is like, you didn't put God in anywhere in that equation. Why aren't you asking God for the stuff that you're trying to hustle for? Why aren't you asking God for the things that he can easily give you? And sometimes the first thing we go to to, to, to solve our issues ourselves. And James is like, no, 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 no. You're leading your own life. God is the leader. And he says it clearly. You wouldn't think of just asking God for it, would you? Why not? Because you know you'd be asking for what you have no right to. You don't ask God because you know you don't have the right for asking that. You don't come to God with some issues because you know it's a bad issue to walk into. You're not asking God for that girl because you know if you go with that girl, it will lead you down the wrong way. You're not asking God for that job. You're not asking God because you know once you present it to God, you'll be like, well, I don't, I don't even want that thing. God, I want you. Isn't that prayer? God, give me, give me to know. I want you. And that's what prayer is. And, and James, he's cracking the myth. Because you know you'd be asking, we have no right to. He's like, you're spoiled children. I love James. If you're new in Christ, read the book of James. Because you'll get sliced and diced all the way up. Don't let it, don't let it confuse you. Let it convict you. Let it, God is leading me to a better life. He's leading me to a pure life. Where everything is indestructive, where I'm not always criticized and walking in shame and guilt, but I'm walking in the grace of God. This is nuts. Verse 4, you're cheating on God if all you want is your own way. You're cheating on God. Flirting with the world every chance you get, you end up enemies of God and his way. And do you suppose that God doesn't care 
the proverb has it that he's a fiercely jealous lover. And what he gives in love is far better than anything else you'll find. It's common knowledge that God goes against the willful proud. God gives grace to the willing humble. Here's here's all tonight's right here. Ready? So, So let God work his will in you. His will, not my will. Let God work his will in me. God, what do you want me to do? Work it in me. I didn't, want it, I didn't want to go to church when I started doing this thing. You know that? I didn't really want it. But then the God gave me new wants and new desires. He started to work his will in my life. I wasn't the best worshiper when I got saved. I did the worship frisbees. Oh, holy. You know what I'm saying? Now we like full frontal arms up, sweaty armpits. You know what I'm saying? Oh, give me some of those. Anybody like worshiping with their arms up? Come on, I surrender. Let God work in you. His will, let it work in you. I never used to give to church. Now God shows me this power in sacrificing, this power in being obedient. My 90 is better in my hands than 100 in my hands. Giving 10 to God, man. He's, he's working it in me. I find pleasure in being generous. I find pleasure in serving others. I find pleasure in worshiping God and coming to church every week. We're finding pleasure in this, believe it or not. It's because God's. I'm not leading my own will. I'm not willing myself into this thing. It's God's will coming alive in my life. So let God's work. This is nuts. Let God work his will in you and yell a loud no to the devil. Automatically, he says, when you let God's work and his will work in you, you got to understand, you got to start talking to the enemy too. You got to say no. Somebody say no. No. Yell a loud no to the devil and watch him scamper. Other translations say, resist the devil and he will flee. Say a quiet yes to God and he'll be there in no time. Quit dabbling in sin. Purify your inner life. Quit playing the field. Hit bottom and cry your eyes out. The fun and games are over. Get serious, really serious. Get down on your knees before the master. It's the only way you'll get on your feet. Feel like you're on the floor. Feel like it's almost over. Stop trying to stand. Get on your knees. And that's the way you'll truly stand up. You're trying to stand up for your family and fight for your finances? Don't stand. Get on your knees. Get into a moment of humility and say, God, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to be human. Teach me how to be human. Why do we look to humans for how to be human? How about we look to the creator? How do you want me to actually live? How do you want me to actually move? How do you want me to actually think? How do you want me to view sin? Enough is enough. We're not camping out in the tent of sin. Come on, we're breaking out that tent tonight. Here's the thing about God's mercy. God's mercy leads you to repentance. God sees you sinning. He sees your dirt. And he says, I love you anyways. Here's my mercy. Stand up and walk in a different direction. That's what he does. That's what he does. Some of you have tried to yell at the enemy. No, right? James says, yell a loud no, and and he'll run away. Some of you are trying to talk to the, I'm not going to do it. I'm not. And before you even have an answer, the enemy's already confusing you. He's already telling you lies. The Bible calls him the father of lies. He's a liar. And the truth is tonight, we're going to expose some of his lies and how you need to respond to them. See, when Jesus is tempted in the desert, right, in the New Testament, Jesus was tempted, y'all. It was a moment. Him and, literally him and Satan were like face to face. 
Satan's tempting him. Do this, do this. If you're really the son of God, do this. Jesus' answer, his response was always with the word. It was, it was always just quoting scripture. And I want to let you know tonight that God's going to begin to give you the words you need to say to the enemy when he tries to confuse you, when he tries to lie to you. It's the spirit inside of you that's going to help you combat the enemy. Let me give you some tools tonight. It's a man named John Flavel. John Flavel in the 1600s wrote this. It's the six lies of the enemy. The six lies the enemy tells you about sin. And we're going to go through all of them and the responses. Is that cool? You guys ready to learn tonight? All these different lies about sin categorize different sins. So here's what's beautiful. We all fall into this. You guys ready for this? We all, somebody say, we all fall into this. And when we're going to read these things, watch this, watch this. What's funny is that we're going to expose the enemy tonight. Anybody excited about that? We're going to expose the enemy tonight. We're going to expose him for his lies. So the next time you hear a lie, you know what it sounds like. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're trying to lie to me. You guys ready for the first one? You guys here tonight? Here's the first lie. The pleasure of sin. The pleasure of sin. The first lie is that sin is pleasurable. Yes, it's pleasurable, but only for a moment. It will never last forever. So Jesus, he, he meets a woman at the well. He says, listen, you're going to all these wells for water. One sip of me, baby, you'll never go thirsty again. The enemy, watch this, presents wells in front of you. Do this, do this, do this, do this. It's pleasurable, but these things will eventually fade. These things will eventually go away. And, and what happens is the enemy says, listen, here's, here's what he says. Look at my smiling face. Next idea. Look at my smiling face. This, this is the lie, the pleasure of sin. Look at my smile my smiling face and listen to my charming voice. That's what the enemy tells you. Do that pleasure of that sin. Look, look at me. Look at me. I'm glamorous. My face and listen to the enemy's words. My charming voice. Here is pleasure to be enjoyed. Who can stay away from such delights? Ooh. Right there, you're about to sit and you're like, man, I can't. I can't, get, I can't stay away from this. This is too good. Here's your response. You ready for your response? The pleasures of sin are real, but so are the flames of hell. The pleasures of sin are real, but pleasing God is so much sweeter. How do I battle? If your struggle with sin is that it's pleasurable, I got to let you know something. That we take so much more delight in God. You guys here tonight? There's a moment in your life. That God kind of meets you where you're at. You know those moments? You're like, God, you're so good to me. You're so amazing. I don't deserve the grace. I don't deserve the mercy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God's the gift that keeps on giving. God's the gift that won't last you a moment. You don't have to work for him. He shows up to you wherever you're at, wherever you're going through. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. Come on, he's omniscient. He knows all things. He's everywhere at once. And the truth is, we need to say, man, the pleasures of sin is, is pretty good. To, but there are no pleasures in hell. There, there are no pleasures in, in, in a space away from God. Right? What's, what's hell? What's hell? Eternity away from God. If you don't choose God in this earth, you won't choose him in eternity. You know what I'm saying? Like if all you do is worship the flesh and worship the flesh and worship the flesh, you'll be eternity worshiping the flesh. 
and being tormented. But if you, if you find time in this world to say, God, I bow my knee and I lift my eyes to you and I surrender my life, then that's when you come into communion and relationship with God. The pleasure of sin is no more, it's not appealing anymore. The pleasure of sin, the enemy says, look at my smiling face. You know, I've seen that pretty face before. There's, somewhere in there, there's deceit. Somewhere in there, there's a lie. Somewhere in there, there's regret. Somewhere in there, there's shame and there's guilt. And I'd rather not go through that. It's pleasurable for a moment, but I don't want to go through the consequences. It's pleasurable for a moment, but I don't want to die. I don't want to fail my father. Yeah, it's pleasurable for a moment, but I don't want to make some moment in God's presence. You guys here tonight? Here's the next lie, the secrecy of sin. First one is the pleasure of sin. The pleasure, the pleasure. The pleasure. Here's the second lie. It's the secrecy of sin. This is what the enemy says. He says, he says this sin will, will never disgrace you in public because no one will find out. This sin will never disgrace you in public because no one will find out. Here's your response because you're, you're caught in these moments and you don't know what to do. Here's your response. Can you find somewhere outside of the presence of God for me to sin? The enemy says no one's looking. No one's shh. No one's looking. You gotta say, God is watching me right here, right now. And, and you may you may think you're alone, but once you think you're alone, you've already abandoned God and who He is. Because you're never alone. You're never in the quiet, secret place by yourself. But come on, we have a God that meets you right where you're at in every moment. That's your response to, to, to that sin. Hey, 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 it's a secret. No one's gonna see it. No one's gonna see it. I can't hide from God. I can't hide from Him. We, we need to li live our lives like God's always looking at us. Come on, somebody. God's not only looking at you when you're in church. God's looking at you when you leave church. How are you handling the people around you? God's not only looking at you on Tuesday nights and Sunday mornings. God's looking at you in this still and quiet place. Will that fire still ignite with him? Would that authority still be over your life? Would that submission still be in your heart? We got to say, God, I don't want to just be a Christian in public. I want to be a Christian in private. God, I just want to just serve you when everyone sees me. God, I want to be a real believer. I want to serve you when no one is looking. And some of us, we've only been living our Christian life in the secrecy of sin. Here's the next, here's the next lie. It's the profit of sin. This is for anyone who has a, a sticky fingers. You're really good at taking things, and no one can notice, and you're really good at being a thief, and, and if not stealing things and possessions, you're stealing time and emotions and, and, and just, just taking from people and taking and taking and taking. And that's the profit. The enemy tells you you can profit from this. You will benefit from this. Here's what he says. He says, if you'll just stretch your conscience a little, you'll gain so much. Here's a, a lie thieves believe. They don't really need it. They don't really need it. I need it more than them. That's a lie that you're profiting from doing something evil. That you're better doing evil to someone else. That you're better. And here's your response. You know, he said, what do I benefit if I gain the whole world but lose my soul? I won't risk my soul for all the good in the world. I won't risk it. All the, all the treasures, I won't risk my soul for that. Because I know if I'm failing God. Man, what I'm gaining is it's, it's not worth it. The man who sold Jesus out, you know what he ended up doing in the night? He ended up going out spending all the money. No, he didn't. He went back to the people he sold Jesus out to, and he threw the money at them. 
He said, I thought this was supposed to benefit me, but I lost everything because I lost Jesus. This was supposed to be like my day. Like I was supposed to turn up tonight. I got all this money. I gave away my homeboy Jesus because, you know, he's G, whatever. I sold him out. I got all these coins, all this money. I'm supposed to go out. Man, the money don't even feel good because I lost my soul. Because I lost my eternity, I saw and met the God of heaven, and I wasted my life stealing. And walking away, and listen to me, all of us, when you listen to the lies of the enemy, you're trading Jesus in. You're trading him in. You're making the switch. I'll give you Jesus if you give me this. It's time to never lie. It's not, stop lying to yourselves and stop listening to the lie of the enemy. That's sinning, you'll, you'll profit from sin. What a lie that is. Proverbs 14, 11 to 12. The house of the wicked will be destroyed. If you live your life in wickedness, your house will crumbling down. It'll come crumbling. Because sin leads to what? Sin leads to death. Sin leads to death. And, you gotta, and we think somewhere, we preach this and live my best life somewhere in darkness. There's, there's light somewhere. There's no light at the end of the tunnel in sin. It just gets darker and darker. It's a downward spiral. You, go, you find yourself just lower and lower and lower and more desperate and more desperate. And little do you know that God can creep down in any hole and pit and find you and touch you. Here's another lie. This is probably in, in America the biggest lie we believe is the smallness of sin. This is the lie the enemy tells we mostly believe. Smallness of sin. This is what he says. It's only a little thing. A small matter. A trifle. Who else would worry about such a trivial thing? This little sin you have. This is a little thing. It's just small. It's just, it's just a little sin. Here's your response. You ready? This, this right here will change your life. Here's your response. If the majesty of heaven, is that a small matter too? If I commit this sin, will I offend and wrong a great God? Is there any little hell to torment little sinners? Great wrath awaits those the world thinks are little sinners. Yeah, sin is small, but why would I feel God for something so small? Why would I be unfaithful to God for this small thing? That's what you got to respond to. It's so small, why would, I, why would I do it? If it's so small, why, why, would, I, why would I waste time in God's presence to, to, to tell him about the small things I'm doing? To, like, start talking to God about Here's my hope tonight. You start talking to God about your sin. Just start talking to him about him. Open conversation. Somebody say, open conversation. You're bad doing it with people. Start with God. And you'll notice all the little small things you keep repenting for. Listen, I'm tired of failing God with the small things. And the enemy says, it's, it's just small. It's just small. It's just small. It's just small. There's no, there's no small hell for small sinners. There's, there's no little sin in, in, in big sins. Right? Oh, it's just a small sin. It's just, uh, God, God don't have to know about that one. You know what I'm saying? No, 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 no. Man, wrong. Missing the mark is missing the mark. Right? Like, if I got a target, that's where the word sin comes from. comes from, from bone and arrow. Once you miss the target, they call that sin. If I miss it, how is that even good? Even if I was close to the target, I'm still off. Even if it's not like killing someone, I'm still off. And we have said that God is okay with the sins that are small because they're small, and God is not okay with sin. God would never lay down in bed with sin. Why are we sleeping with it? Get up. Move out. There is no smallness in sin. Here's the next lie, the lie of the enemy. 
Sometimes the, the, the enemy lies about the grace of God. Sometimes the enemy lies about grace. You know what he says? You know what he says? He says this, God will pass over this as a weakness. He won't make a big deal about it. Oh, you sin? Oh, you're good. You go to Tuesdays? Oh, you're good. You're good. Keep on sinning. You got the grace card. You got the grace card. When you sin, you just pull up. I got grace. I got grace. I got grace. Grace of God, sometimes the enemy used it to lie to us, to tell us that our sin is okay. Here's your response. Where do I find a promise? In the Bible, where do I find a promise of mercy to presumptuous sinners? How can I abuse such a God? Shall I take God's glorious mercy and make it a reason to sin? Shall I wrong him because he's good? Wait a minute. So if you're telling me that the, the, the grace card covered, like people really believe that. Once you say yes to Jesus once, you could do whatever the heck you want till you die. That's, that's never of God. It's not of God. That's a lie from the enemy. He's lying to you about how this thing works. Because here's the truth. Here's the truth. I'm not going to wrong God because he's good to me. I'm not going to wrong God because of his mercy to me. I'm not going to wrong God just because he gives me space, just because he walks to me and gives me grace, and he gives me mercy. I'm not going to walk in this thing. I'm going to choose and say enough is enough, and the spirit inside of me will lead me to all truth and righteousness. The spirit inside of me. You guys here tonight? Here's my last one. Here's my last one. The last live the enemy. You guys here tonight? Come on, hit the person next to you. Say, you here tonight? You here tonight? Come on, come on, come on. We almost here. Here's the last lie of the enemy, and it's the example of others. It's the example of others. This is what the enemy says. Better people than you have sinned in this way. Better people than you. Better Christians are falling this way, and plenty of people have been restored after committing this sin. You're good. You're good. He uses the example of others. Look, this people failed. This people failed. This people failed. You can fail too. Come on, join the club. No, no, that's a lie from the enemy. Here's your response. God didn't record the examples of good people sinning for me to copy, but to warn me. Am I willing to feel what they felt for sin? I dare not follow their example in case God plunges me into the depths of horror. He cast them. Here's my last point tonight. I decide to honor you as your prayer with my life. Isn't that our prayer tonight to God? Can we make that our prayer, God? I decide to honor you with my life, not just with moments, not just, just for a season. God, my life is yours, and I will move forward, not believing in the lies of the enemy, but responding to the lies with truth, with truth. Amen? Come on, you can, clap. You can, you can do better than that. Come on, you can give it to God tonight. <laughs> little golf clap. Come on, you better, get, you better give it to God. <laughs> James 4, 9 and 10. James 4, 9 and 10. I love this last portion of it. Hit bottom and cry your eyes out. Why, 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 is, why do Christians always cry? Can I tell you? It's the most emotional religion ever. So unmanly to be Christian. That's a lie from the enemy. Bible says hit the bottom and cry your eyes out. That's called humility. That's saying, I'm such a sinner, and you still love me? What? The heck is wrong with you, God? I am blown away by your love for me. I'm blown away. I don't deserve it. That's like when that guy takes you back again, and that girl takes you back again, and you're like, you know, I'll never do it again, I promise. You know what I'm saying? 
or like your, your parent, you know, to your mom and dad. I promise, mom, thank you so much for giving me a Christmas gift, even though I had straight F's in the season of holidays. Come on. <laughs> Anybody been through that? Like, it's Christmas, and you got to show your report card, and you're like, mm. They didn't come out this week, mom. They didn't come out this week. Ah. And if you ever, like, faked your report card, you're going straight to hell. If you ever, like, dis- like faked one, straight to hell. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Smallness of sin, right? It's just a report card. It's just a little lie. When you figure, when your mom still gives you that gift, oh my God, I remember the, I remember the, one, the one time, it was like my family was doing P.F. Chang's, and my dad had all the gifts for us. And before he gave us the gift, we had to tell more grades. And I was like, oh. the whole time he's like, I gotta hear your grades, I gotta hear your grades. I'm like, oh. I had, like, I had like one F. Come on, your pastor wasn't always a good student. Come on, somebody. I was like, oh, I got to tell about the F and like a couple C's and stuff. And I wasn't the brightest, still not the brightest. Hello, pray for me. <laughs> got the dinner table. Got the, the PF Chang's. Come on, I love PF Chang's. Hold up, somebody. Love to eat. <laughs> I stole the shirt from there. Um, just kidding. Good crowd tonight. You guys are laughing. It's really good. Legit, legit. The most nerve wracking point was still, I got one F. I remember his look on his face. I'm so disappointed at you. Oh. Your parents ever told you that? I know it's worse that where a backhand slap unexpected. It's like, ah. <laughs> oh my God, when he gave me that gift after I told him my grades, oh God, he was the best dad ever. I was just like, oh, dad, I love you. And that's the same thing with God, y'all. It's the same thing. Church should feel like you got salvation when you were a sinner. Oh, church should feel like God is all over you and you have nothing to offer. You got F's and failure and you're passing me here tonight. You're like, I got nothing to offer. I sin so much. I'm in such a hole. I do it and I do it and I do it. And I'm not, I probably won't even stop doing it. And God still looks at you tonight. And he says, I got heaven waiting for you. If you just choose me, you don't have to perform for this thing. We'll work on this together. That sin issue, that elephant, we'll work on it together. We'll walk forward. We'll lift up a life within you. God will lift up a believer in you. God will lift up a soldier in you. God, come on, there's a leader inside of you. There's a worshiper inside of you. And God sees you, not how you see yourself. You got to understand that. Is that you see yourself, you see everything that's wrong with you, and God sees how he can use all those things. Rich Wilkerson Jr., oh my God, this dude's amazing. He said this, make a million mistakes, just don't make the same mistake twice. Isn't that a relationship with the Father? God, I don't want to fail you, and I'm going to keep failing, and I'll probably keep stumbling on the road, but I'm going to promise you, God, I'll try not to make, make the same mistake twice. I'll really try, God, because I love you. Because, because, because there's moments like in James 4 where I hit the bottom and I cry my eyes out because there's a God that loves me when I don't deserve it. It's a God that still loves He looks at me with love in his eyes and, and, and with all my insecurities and with all my failures, I have a God that still opens his arm to me. Some of us think God's looking at us like this. Like how your daddy used to look at you. Like how your boss used to look at you. Like how people you trusted. And they're just so disappointed in you. 
That's not how the cross looks. The cross looks like this. Arms wide open. Arms wide open. All who come will be healed. And they'll see what it means to truly be human. Not running what the world says it is to be okay and living off of your feelings, but people that rise up and say enough is enough. Man, I got to tell you, 2019, yeah, there's some tricks, there's some schemes, there's some lies ahead of you. There's some trials ahead of you, right? We're not going to go through 2019, come on, walking on dandelions and, and, and you know, farting out confetti. No, that's not what's going to happen. <laughs> We're going to go through some, I, I want to be a prophet over your life. Listen, 2019, you might go through some crap. You might go through some valleys. Well, come on, you serve a God that steps into your valley, steps into your dark moments, steps into your world. He steps into your world. Isn't that the beauty of Christmas? Unto us a child is given. The Savior was given. Come on, he's for me and not against me. I decide to honor you with my life. Here's my last idea. Listen to me. Whenever you sin, you need to have a response. Listen to me tonight. Listen to you guys here. This is it. It's the last word of 2019. I'm not crying, Jose. Here's the word. Respond to your sin with repentance. And sin never wins. When you sin and you fail, you have to do something with that failure. As a leader of leaders, I see leaders all the time. It doesn't kill me that you messed up. Just tell me you messed up. Just tell me. And, and we'll walk through it. We'll, we'll go through the process. What kills me is me finding stuff out from other people. Hey, you know, this leader did this. I'm like, oh, why didn't he tell me? Because now he wasn't honest with me. And now there's a bigger issue than what he did. It's called trust and communication. There's a bigger issue here. He doesn't feel comfortable talking to me about what he's going through. And that's God sometimes, right? God has to hear about your sins through someone else. God knows your sins. But come on, someone's praying about your sins to God, and it's not really you. Someone's interceding for the failures of your life, and it's not your voice anymore. You stop responding about your sin. And now you're trying to skip the elephant, skip the topic, skip it, skip it, skip it. I need to respond with sin, with repentance. God, I'm sorry for what I did. God, forgive me for what I've done. God, I'm in your hands. God, you're my father. Come on. He's a good, good father. And what he will do right there in that moment, you know what he's going to do? He's going to come down from heaven and he's going to beat you up and say, you've been such a bad Christian. No, that's not what God's going to do. He's going to pick your head up and say, stand up. You've fallen seven times, get up eight times. Let's keep on walking and let's keep on doing this because you're not here for performance. If it was for performance, you wouldn't need me. It's not performance. You're only here because you love me. You're only here because you want me. That's why when you fail me, you don't try to perform. You talk to me. You're with me. And you tell me that you're sorry. That I could work with. That's a humble heart that I could work with. It's a prideful heart that's too good for repentance. Watch this. That's too good for saying you're sorry. Watch this. It's too good for recognizing where you're at. Too good to recognize you're in a hole. Too prideful to realize your world is dying around you and the house you're standing in is full of fire. It's full of flames. You're beginning to smell the smoke and you're too proud to get out of the burning house. Watch this. There's a fire in your life. Jesus provides the fire escape. You're too proud to reach up. You're too proud to ask for forgiveness. You're too proud to reach up and literally be saved. Not only from what goes on in this world, but what comes on after. 
Come on, enough is enough. We're going to live fearlessly in 2019. Fearlessly. And the enemy rips away your fearlessness when you have no integrity. Try to be fearless in God with no integrity. You have no power. But we're going to enough. Come on, enough is enough. We're going to give our life to God. Come on, enough is enough. Enough is enough. Come on, somebody. Enough is enough tonight. Come on, are we children of the Most High God or what? Come on, I'm a father. Come on, he's a father. He's my healer. He's my lover. God, I love you and I worship you. And tonight on the Tuesday, the last Tuesday of the year, I say I will respond with repentance. I will respond with repentance. I give it to you, God. I respond with repentance. It's your mercy that leads me to repentance. It's that I failed a good God and he still loves me. And he offers me this life. 